We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Modo. Digital Strategy with Car Young Tom, Josh Frankel, and Kenji Egashira. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Arena? Yeah, I'm at level six, not arena. Oh. Arena. I haven't heard anything constructed in a while. Man, we are now live. Men from Moto number eight. So for those of you who want to ask us questions, once again, you can leave them in the Google Plus event page, and I'll go check that out from... I'll open that, too. Um, but I think uh, the bulk of this podcast, this show, will be to talk about our... Uh, Moto, ex- Moto experience, our <laughs> Montreal experience, uh, because uh, I was able to help convince Kenji to show up in Montreal, and, and both of us did really well. Actually, all three of us day two, so. Uh, so that's a thing. He had varying experiences on day two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did at least. But... Yeah, yeah, and you three owed a draft, which is something I didn't get to do on day two. That's true. <laughs> Shame draft. Um. We'll start with you, Josh, first. Like, how, how was your uh, day one? Like, what deck did you play? And um, so uh, I uh, I played uh, white-blue. Uh, sort of run-the-mill, n- not much heroic, more uh, just like evasion, tricks, cheap spells, low curve. Uh, highlight was Eidolon of Countless Battles. Ooh, it's a spicy one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, by far the best card in my deck. Uh, my deck, uh, it was it was pretty much what I was hoping for, something consistent and uh, not overly powerful, but powerful enough and, and aggressive. Uh, and uh, went seven and two with two buys that I won the night before. That was sweet. <laughs> and uh, I punted my last round of the day, like really badly, like. Uh, Three horrible mistakes. It culminated in a loss. So, but but I I mean I played pretty well. I I think I played well the, the whole day. I built my deck well. I was just really tired by the end of the day. These are these are long days. But uh, that was my experience day one. Um, did you did you feel you learn anything from from playing your deck? Did you um, regret certain uh, deck building decisions? No, I was I was actually really happy with my with my deck. Um, I, there were some decisions to make. Uh, my my, luckily my my pool was relatively deep, um, but uh, I'm happy with my my main deck build. I was just, uh, I had good sideboarding options and I made use of the sideboard a lot throughout the day, which is really nice to have in sealed. Um, the only thing I learned really was uh, I, these, these days you, you really got to keep yourself prepared and, and in the game. You can't uh, <laughs> nine, seven to nine rounds of magic is a lot in the course of a long day, and it's tough to stay focused. All right, uh, Kenji, how was your day one? Terrible, God. I, uh, so first of all, I get to the get to the event and they're like, oh, you're not actually um, registered. You didn't register. You can't play. And I'm like, what? 
I registered online. They're like, yeah, you can't. Uh, you're not on the standings, or we don't have you know a, a receipt or anything. You can't. You can't play. And I'm like, great. So then I have to use my roaming Wi-Fi, find my receipt for the event, show it to them, and like, oh, well, I guess you did pay. Well, we'll give you this little makeshift note that has my signature, and it'll, with this, you can enter the event. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Apparently, you know, 10 other people had that same thing happen to them. A lot of people got turned down. And, I mean, one of the big stories was Rich Hohen getting turned away, right? Um, anyways, so we go to the thing, and, you know, they have the 10 people that weren't registered for the event in this one um, deck registration and, you know, building phase. I open foil Brimaz, pick, uh, pack one, and I'm like, oh, good. So I'm going to ship this to somebody. Afara, um, you know, Celestial Archon, this, just this sweet blue-white. I'm like, yeah, that's really nice. I should just drop. But, you know, already traveled to Montreal, so ship it along and get this terrible... <laughs> this has to be the worst pool I've ever opened for Sealed. Just absolute horse, horse donkey crap. Blue-green. <laughs> My best card is, like, Horizon Chimera. And I'm like, oh, good, you know, nothing else. Um, but somehow managed to uh, go seven and two with it. Uh, I thought I had a buy about, uh, round one. Good thing I checked the the standings or the pairings. You know, get to my seat. Um, started three zero, lost round four, win round five, lose round six, four two. So three zero out. Uh, only card I sideboarded almost every game was like Satessin. Um, Satessin, whatever that guy is, that destroy Starbreaker that destroys Auras. <laughs> the highlight was him destroying two Chain of the Rocks. Wow! In consecutive Ooh. games in round nine. Oh. Yeah. Do you think that guy's main deckable, or are you unhappy if he's main deck? You know, I used to be unhappy if he was main deck. I had one in my main deck because my pool was so shallow, and then I often sideboarded into the second one. So, my opinion has grown on it. Man, uh, you mentioned like the contro- there was a lot of controversy at this GP. Obviously, uh, Moral Bon Giovanni is without <laughs> is, is always a polarizing character, <laughs> even though he's never been he's never done anything bad to me. But yeah, just hearing Rich Hohen not being able to play due to some uh, miscommunication or mistake is uh, it's crazy. And then you you almost got screwed. So yeah. not very accommodating. It doesn't. It doesn't seem. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was just because, like, once again, the estimates were just way off. Like, you know, we a lot of people expected maybe a thousand, eleven hundred, and we definitely uh, hit sixteen hundred. So I don't know. Uh, I, um, I just felt why? Why did they think only a thousand? Uh, I forget the last the last GP how much they were. It was it was definitely not as much as we had this year. So. Um, my Michael was pretty good. I had uh, a blue-red deck with a lot of synergy. Um, I know some people, like I've, I've told Josh and, and Kenji at the site, that you know, a lot of people that I've talked to or, or read don't don't really like blue-red as a combination. Except they, they do have certain synergies, like two-headed Cerberus, Aqueous Form, Dragon Mantle, um, the Adept, the Flame Speaker Adept with with a lot of different Scry, which which I did have in my deck. So. Along with Sea God's Revenge, gave my deck enough temple tools to X. Did I X one today? I think yeah, I, I X one. Yeah, you were X one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
my, I thought my deck was above average. It wasn't. Uh, I saw some bombier decks with like Fabled Hero and Brimaz or something ridiculous like that. But um, my deck was was Temple enough to get me there, and I was I was very happy with it. I think uh, when I showed Alex uh, my deck, he he only saw like one thing that he he would change. Um, but uh, I, I had going into this the GP I had like zero preparation because I skipped. Daryl sealed, but was able to recognize at least I was happy to recognize what cards were good or bad. And um, heading into draft, uh, one of my in day two, one of my biggest probably it might have been a mistake. One of my bigger mistakes is just maybe reading too many articles and, and hearing what people were saying too much because a lot of people were like avoiding red or or a lot of people I know were forcing white and stuff. And I talked to you guys and you guys were a lot more open about it because I was passing. Basically, seeing fall to, like my first draft, seeing fall to the hammer pass like crazy, seeing the three mana, three damage burn spell. Both across, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, like, what is the best type of red deck uh, in draft? What are you looking for? Is it more of a splash color still, or would, would you say? No, I think it's, if you, I think, ideally, you're heavy, if you're red, you're heavy red. Okay. Uh, a lot of the better red cards reward you for being uh, pretty, especially the fire-breathing effects, Dragon Mantle and uh, the Bestow Guy. Uh, there's a lot of double red, like, as you mentioned, the Cerberus, which I, a lot of people don't like, but I, like, in in the good heavy red deck, like, he's he's an all-star. And even even the four-mana, like, the four-mana guys are all double red, or a lot of them are. Uh, yeah. Like, in my first year, I also saw, like, another card I forgot to mention was Searing Blood. That's double red. I kept seeing that pass around, like, really late. And um, is that is that your experience with red as well, Kenji? Yeah, I think so, too. I, while you want to be heavy with it just because of all the double cost and, like Josh said, the fire breathing, I don't mind just having it as a splash for just a very solid card. So, like, if you, if you just have some removal spells and maybe some solid creatures, I don't mind it having, you know, seven or eight mountains in your deck. And it having a, or it being that your secondary color, um, like in my last draft, I just like first pick faded conflagration, second, <laughs> second pick faded. You know, I ended up with more blue cards, but ran more mountains. It's just it, there are so many, there are so many red cards that you know require, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean that card. I don't even know, like how to draft it because it's it's triple red. <laughs> I think it's first pickable, um, clearly, since I first picked it. But, uh, I mean, you just have to be willing to, to get away from it. After getting second, past the second, I was just like, well, now I'm hooked, you know. <laughs> so for me, my drafts on day two, I, I drafted two black-green decks, and I was just staying open uh, throughout my two drafts. My first one, I had, like... Because I kept hearing people saying how white-based aggro was the best deck, whether it be white-blue or green-white. They, they recommended I force that or something. But I, I kept my options open. And in my first drive in pack three, I got past a whip, like pick three, followed by another whip of Erebos, pick four. So I knew I had to jump on black. Probably got another keepsake Gorgon. And just like kept flamming black cards. And it turned out the person to my right was just playing blue-white. So I was rewarded with a very, very solid deck, but um, that just had, you know, 
four, five, six drops. Like I had the Ravager, I, I had everything, but I felt like my green black deck probably was was going to lose. Didn't have enough tools to to be a really aggressive deck or a blue white strong flying deck. Mm-hmm. But uh, in round two, I played. I usually lose against pros or people that I know, but I faced against Zach Hill. Was able to beat him, and but he made me feel the power of a card that we talked about in our last episode, which is Aspect of Hydra, because his deck is just like green, like heavy green casting guys. And when I saw game one, when he used it as a huge pump spell to save a guy, I was always scared of it in game two and, and three when he's pressuring me. And I'm like, if if I block the <laughs> Aspect of Hydra is that guy, I'm dead. I'm just totally dead. So... Um, I, I finally saw the value of, of that card and how that card can can go from being marginal to um, an all-star. And I think... Yeah, definitely. I think that's what we talked about. Like, there's a, a much wider spectrum on that card than uh, yeah. the other guy. But Yeah, Mortals Resolve. Mortals Resolve, yeah. Um, but you still like... like How do you feel about those two cards now, Josh? Um, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, uh, uh, I mean, the, like, they're both they're both playable tricks. But I, I, given the choice of both early, well, hopefully you're not taking either of them early. But like <laughs> earlier on in the draft, Mortals was always just more flexible. It's more likely to be good in your deck. But but like, I'd rather I'd rather have a, like uh, aspect be you know, a card I'm I'm happy to run multiples of. Like, it, it, it has a, it has a chance of being one of the better cards in your deck. Whereas Mortal's Resolve is sort of just I don't know. It's 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 a less versatile, more expensive gods willing a lot of the time. That's that's sort of how I feel about it. But um, like, if you, if you want heroic triggers, it's a nice one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in my second draft, I didn't have that many tough decisions. Um. I was asking Kenji after the draft, but like looking back, I think I made a mistake. Um, so I asked you. I already asked Kenji. So I asked you, Josh. At one point, um, I needed to. I had a bunch of five drops already, uh, but the pack contained. I was I was well into green black. The pack had uh, the four mana bestow guy in black. The the emissary, Erebos emissary. I think I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the discarded guy. Yeah, I had to be pick between that and a Nessie. Oh, my microphone is breaking. One second. <laughs> what did you say? My headset's like falling apart. Oh shit. So I had to pick between the emissary and the and a Nessian Asp, and I went with the emissary for curve reasons. But looking back, I think the Nessian Asp is just so much more of a better card, and I regret that. Day. I I don't know. I uh, especially with you said you had five drops already, like. In a slow deck, emissary is really nice to drop on four because just of because of how well it plays defense. When you're trying to stabilize, you can often drop him and not worry about combat tricks because, like they 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 have to fear the ability to discard. So they like if they're attacking into it with their three threes or their two twos, like even if they have a trick, like who cares? I just I I maintain my board position at the cost of a card, like trading a. A uh, creature in my hand for their combat trick, but like I maintain board position. I really, uh, especially if my deck's looking slow. Like I, re- I really like that card. 
Uh, I think it's at least on par with Asp, and if you've got five drops, I'm I'm all right with that one. I was hoping it was close. I'm like Kenji, this is. I was asking Kenji, these guys are close, right? Like I couldn't, I couldn't really. <laughs> and it's six to bestow. Like bestowing that card is just. I mean, green black, you're not likely to have too much evasion, but bestowing <laughs> bestowing that guy is big game at six mana. Yeah, it you is. Twice. Um. So the only last thing I want to talk about about my draft before I go go, so we talk about your drafts on day two was I lost. Um, the ability to make day two against a deck that just felt really bad, but I guess it's a viable strategy in draft, which is um, I lost a blue-red deck that just played all the bad, bad, all the bad one or two drops. Like, they're not necessarily bad. They're just, like, not as good as, as the other cards, but they played, like, the 2-1 Trampler, um, the... Uh, one one heroic that makes a dude, and just like he just jammed infinite copies of that and rushed me, and I just couldn't wasn't able to stabilize. I watched some of that match. I was <laughs> looking at from behind his hand, yeah. and like, I look at his hand, and like there's like it was it was interesting for to see from his perspective. Like I look at his hand, and it's like he cannot lose this game. Doesn't know this. <laughs> Like I didn't even I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched a few turns. Like you're like slowly thinking you're stabilizing, and I'm like, it's like this guy's gonna crush you. <laughs> <laughs> his deck his deck looked his deck looked good. Um. So is that like a viable strategy? A lot of but he he had the threaten effect too as his I guess his top end. Um. Yeah, he had he had two in his hand. I knew that's why that's part of why I knew you were. All <laughs> oh, right, especially against my deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to stabilize with one fatty, and he's just like, steals it, attack, and I'm just, I sat there, I'm like, no, I can't top eight. That was my heartbreaker, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, both times my decks were not designed to beat that that type of deck. Maybe I needed more um, return phalanx or phalanx uh, in my deck just to, just to be a body, just to be a 3-3 blocker. And um, so I needed more of those guys, but uh, I, I had like enough. I had uh, what's his name, Reaper of the Wilds. So I was able to win the last two rounds enough to finish 12th, and get my three pro points that don't mean shit until I <laughs> qualify. But uh, I'll take it. So uh, Kenji, how was your day two? Uh, it started reasonably well. First draft, I uh, opened some nice early blue black cards. And kind of just forced it. Um, apparently, my neighbor right next to me was had taken bio blight, bio blight, which is kind of <laughs> awkward. But uh, I stuck with my guns. Um, uh, key cards in there were clearly prognostic sphinx. Um, I had I had like the return phalanxes and whatnot too. So I had the the early stabilization and then the late game get there. Uh, it was a pretty sick deck. Um, I have them saved somewhere. I think they're in my room. Anyways, three with that. Um, quick note about that first draft. Um, match one, I play against five-color Chromanticore, and he beats me game two uh, by bestowing Chromanticore on like a Scholar of Athros. It was it was insane. <laughs> um, 
Game three, I beat him because I have Prognostic Sphinx out. It's, you know, been scrying three every turn or whatever. Um, he has a Faded Intervention that he had cast, so he has two three threes, right? And then I Psychic Intrusion, a Bile Blight from his graveyard, and kill both of his three threes with that, so that felt pretty nice. Um, yeah. Another side note, round... I guess it would be round... 11, round 11, so the second match of uh, the first draft, my opponent had a 6 green-white deck. But in multiple games, I cast Sealock Monster. One of them I had Mold the 4. He just kept chump attacking into the Sealock Monster and just throwing away his guys and then giving me the game. He had cast, yeah, he had cast a uh, Hopeful Idolin on his guy. and He had, uh, I think it was like 39 life, and I was down to 4, and then I won that game. It was, it was gross. <laughs> um... Let's see, what Coco else? Coco Monster. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, draft two, that was the feature one I was talking about. I, you know, pick one, pack one, faded conflagration, get past a faded, get some really late blue, like I pick up a divination, a siren of the fanged coast or whatever, and uh, just go all into is it. Wait, you got past the same faded? Yeah, the, the two faded, two red ones in a row. Oh, so. Okay. Open it I mean, it's, it's not like a slam first pick for everybody. You got to worry about the triple red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after getting past the second, I was like, "Well, guess I'm guess I'm going in there." <laughs> um, no, my deck was sick. I had double grip tied, uh, three crackling tritons or something. Like it was just a very very solid red. Your, de- your deck looked awesome. I saw I, I saw some of your uh, match in the feature match area and. That deck was sweet. Mnemonic Wall yeah. was an all-star. Oh, yeah, Mnemonic Wall. That's how you know, yeah. the, how you know the deck is sick. Yeah, it, was, it was really <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. Light, yeah, light, lightning, my, lightning Strike, Magma Jet, Double Grip Tide, Double Faded. Just bonkers. Uh, let's see. Round one, I play against Black White. I had passed Hythonia. He had it. You know, crushed him. Round two, play against Blue Green. Crush him. Round three. I'm at 12 and 2. The goddamn heartbreaker. 12 and 2, winning in for top 8. I crush him game 1, just not even close. I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, right, top 8. Here we go, right? Game 2, I mold a 6, keep a 2 lander, miss my third land for a while. Over there, he's all in on a crow and sky guard. It just completely stomps me. Game 3, similar thing happens. I, I, hit, I have 4 lands. And two faded conflagrations in my hand, right? Two mountains, two islands. He has a five-five Akron Skyguard. I don't hit a mountain for like five more turns. Oh, and it's just, God! It was so gross. I wanted to cry. But overall, very very happy with the performance. Uh, after yeah, nice run, nice two, run. yeah, after starting four-two, I won eight in a row. Can't really complain about that. Yeah, yeah, that was a sick ride. Yeah. So, happy I came. They gave you all the exposure possible. I know, right? <laughs> Featured three rounds in a row. And, and the draft. And, and the draft. So, um, all the new subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Josh, what about you? Well, how, how did your day? I just want to mention before is that if you guys have questions, just ask on the Google Plus event page and we'll answer any questions that you have. So, how was your first draft, Josh? Oh, it didn't go so well. Uh, a little, a little pretext. Uh, 
the the day two started at nine a.m. Oh, uh, yeah. I woke up at a quarter to nine. <laughs> slept through three alarms. <laughs> I didn't even I I didn't even like party the night before or anything. I like there was a party going on. I'm too old for that. I went home and slept and still slept through alarms. So. I, I I I had to rush to get down to the site. I, I made it, thankfully I made it, but uh, I was I was a little out of it. I'm not going to blame it on that. I I'm going to blame some some poor decision making during the draft. Uh, it was a tough draft. I started off uh, first pick Forge Stoker Dragon, which is an okay start, nice little dragon rare, um, and uh, followed it up. With I I forget exactly what cards, but like decent red cards, and uh, some green. I had a fifth pick, uh, the red green uncommon three three trample tribute. Right, right. Dude, solid guy. So I, I was I was solid. I felt like I, I had a, a solid start. I, I I think I also had pinnacle of whatever, which is <laughs> matchup dependent. But like the double lightning bolt, matchup dependent, but but pretty pretty solid card, and and so I, I thought it was off to a fine start, and then I just didn't see any more red or green from that point um, in in the draft. The, the packs were were mediocre, but it was tough to get a good uh, a good feel. There was some really late black in the pack, um, but uh, so going into pack two, I opened Elspeth. Which I slammed. I, I'm not looking at the rest of the pack, but I slammed Elspeth, and uh, I I felt like either uh, either I was just moving in on white, or I mean, most likely playing Elspeth, especially I'm green, so I could I could splash the I could I could uh, worst case be like green splashing red and white, something like that, if I pick up the fixing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the pack really the story of the rest of the draft. Was that I had a I had a hard time uh, settling in on whether white was a main color or not. I think my problem was I kept thinking that um, I was red, that I was likely going to play the Forge Stoker Dragon, and I think had I abandoned it much earlier, I, I would have been okay. Um, but I I ended up being green white. I had a lot of powerful cards. I had. Uh, the uh, hasty, the miscutter Hydra. I had green white monstrosity hexproof. Really annoying card to play against. What's his name? Fleece main line. Fleece main line. Fleece main line. Elspeth, of course. Uh, and I, I had uh, peregrination. Uh, the elk, and I was splashing my red. But the re- I, I really didn't need to splash red for power. I had enough power in green-white. The reason I had to do it was because I, I stone didn't have enough playables. Like, it was that or play, ni- like, 21 lands, 19 cards. So, <laughs> so uh, it, I had the powerful cards. I had five or six very powerful cards, and I was playing, like, just a bunch of garbage. Uh, a lot of like my creatures were all filler. Like the kind of creatures like you don't mind if you're playing one of them, but if you're playing seven of them, <laughs> your deck's in trouble. So like you know, oh four for one, like two twos. Yeah, but I mean a, b- a bunch of my 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 uh, 
Or you. Not much synergy. Just like hoping to hoping that my bombs can win the game on their own. And it, I, I played against the, the the other decks I played against had equal amounts of power, but just in a more consistent shell, a better plan. And I I, I cast Elspeth a couple times. It was good. It wasn't nearly good enough because of the rest of the garbage I did. But uh, I I mean. I, I actually got featured in my first round, not because of me, because my opponent was uh, Alex Sane. So he he had he had a he had a hell of a deck. So that that was the other story of the draft. Actually, was that part of the reason I ended up with such garbage was because from pack two and three, all you saw like packs were all the playables were black and blue, mm-hmm. uh, and mostly black. Like, for example, pack three, I wield a Keepsake Gorgon. What? Yeah. Yeah, wheeling a insane yeah. card there. I, I took it, but I couldn't play it. But I, 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 I like, uh, so so I think, like, instead of taking these garbage white cards, if I was on my game, if I was focused and I was making good decisions, I would have I, I, I would have been able to move in on black a little earlier. Um, Alex was black, and his deck was just bonkers. Just, just bonkers. Uh, Phoenix, uh, two uh, Gary's. This is real. Gray merchants. Gray merchants. <laughs> two gray merchants. Like uh, just uh, his whole deck. Uh, he showed me his deck yeah, after. His deck was just. Singer, he had like everything. Yeah, yeah. His deck was was a was a was a work of art because black was just flowing all the way through he he he, he i mean he moved on early because of because of uh phoenix but like nobody else was taking black and and uh had i had i been making better decisions i i would have i would have uh, exited from especially from red i would have steered clear of red and and moved in on a on on more playables but uh yeah that was that was a rough that was a rough draft um draft 2 went better but at that point i was very unlikely to I, I ended up finishing 109th on Breakers, so like it was close. I had a chance. Breakers didn't work out, but uh, yeah, I 3 0 the second draft with a much nice, nicer. I quadruple uh, sh- uh, shipwreck singers. Quadruple shipwreck singers. Yeah. So oh. that's so I and and then and then you know, and a solid black in, in a solid black blue deck. So it was, it was the, draft two went nicely. Which draft one? Uh, I could have I could have had a more consistent deck, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Okay, okay. So Glenn, Glenn is our first question. Um, I will start with uh, you, Kenji. I'll ask. So he is like, here's a silly question for you, limited experts. Right, right. I often <laughs> find myself wanting to pick Vaporkin over Nimbus Nyad when I'm in blue. Am I insane or is Vaporkin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vaporkin's about as premium as of a two-drop blue is gonna get. It, it probably is the premium two-drop blue gets. Um, and you know, I have made that. I, I, it depends on how, how I've already drafted, uh, what cards I already have. Right? It's like I like Nimbus Nayad a lot, a lot in the decks that um, are very aggressive, or even like just a. A green deck, you know, where you can put it on some, just even a, I don't know, a three-three, make it a five-five flying, you know, get you. Um, yeah. That being said, you know, Vaporkin is is right up there. I think, I think, it, I think they go hand in hand for like top top blue common in 
in uh, Theros, even even through Voyage's End and like Griptide. At least creature-wise, you know. To answer, I, I would take Nimbus Nayad, but I, you know, I can see, I can see you taking either. I I feel like there's a narrow, a pretty narrow set of decks where you take Vaporkin over Nayad. Like, you want to be aggressive. Like, the more aggressive your deck is, the the closer it's going to become, and and the more it's going to be about Vaporkin. But not only that, like a lot of the blue aggressive decks are also heroic base and and I think that's where like so if you're like blue white you want those heroic triggers you're not losing a ton of aggression on on the Nimbus Nyad white and like white has a lot of random two drop like do you, do you really care if your two drops is is evasive in your blue white deck when you're full of tricks and bounce and maybe not so much like I, I think I think like where you want it is like a, like a like in a weird blue red aggressive deck or just a more like blue white skies which sometimes happens you prefer I think you prefer to be heroic but if you if you don't have all the heroic stuff and you're just looking for an aggressive curve then th- that's where it starts to go more towards a vaporkin but I think I, I think most of my decks especially because a lot of my blue decks I'd probably want an omen speaker I just want I want something that blocks. In a lot of my blue decks, they're not always balls to the wall aggressive. So, I mean, yeah, your deck has to be aggressive and has to care not so much about heroic before I think Vaporkin's the pick. Right, I think you just explained the reason why I I, I have Nimbus higher, just because it just fits a a larger spectrum of decks, Um, especially if we're, we're trying to decide between the two earlier. Impact one. That's definitely like I've. The, well, that was well, one of two now, but yeah. Yeah, it was one of the bigger mistakes I've made in sealed is where I try to fit, uh, Vaporkin every single deck that I played, and I had like Alex or John look, and they would cut it because it's like, I'm a green yeah. blue like sort of rampy deck, right? In sealed, uh, there there are a lot of places where you you bring it in when you think it goes the distance, <laughs> or like if you if you're on the beatdown, but like if. You want your two drops to trade a lot in a lot of sealed decks. Mm-hmm. So. All right. I mean, I can imagine bringing my bring it in if I don't have enough like flying blockers. Also, if I just don't have enough solution and it can block a ton of their flyers or something, if they're playing a bunch of harpies or something uh, like that. Um, so he says, to add, "Yeah, you got it." To add some context for my question, my favorite card in Born of Gods is Sudden Storm. And I don't like blue black much. So that's why he loves the vaporkin. Yeah, I mean, but even then, like sudden storm's still a great card in a heroic deck. But yeah, like if you're if you're just drafting curve and 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 not and not moving in on the the mechanics like. Too much on the on the mechanics of the draft, just taking singularly powerful, aggressive cards, and that's that's where it, and that's obviously where it fits. Mm-hmm. Thank you, GMAC, for your question. If you have more, please. Um, so I also played this past weekend in, in Grand Prix Cincinnati, though it was standard. Uh, 
Previously, those Grand Prix, I was lucky enough to make nine Grand Prix day twos in a row, along with uh, two top 16s in a row. So I obviously have high expectations for Grand Prix at this point in my career. But uh, missed. I, I lost a mirror in the last round, so I had to settle to play the Super Series. Now, the reason I didn't play the Super Series standard, and I wish I had, is because I actually forgot my deck. Um, our flight was really early on Friday, so when we lined up for our flights, I'm like, holy shit, I forgot my mono black devotion deck. And I actually was ready to spend a shitload of cash <laughs> to actually buy a second copy of the deck. Um, I know, I know, it would be terrible. It would have been a terrible story, but thank God I had friends that were going down, and uh, um, my friends uh, Alex and and uh, Matt from, from Buffalo um, were kind enough to make me the exact list that I wanted to play. And so I, I could play day one, but I didn't want, just in case that I, you know, top four the, the Super Series, I didn't want them to wait for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, because Grand Prix was going to end early. But I wish I, wish I didn't forget my freaking deck because I wanted to play Mono Black. But I played the Sealed, um, opened... A green-white pool. Wasn't very excited. So the main thing uh, for me with, with this deck, so there's a few questions I have. Um, I showed the deck. A lot of people either said it was below average, average, above average. Some thought it was even sick. I thought it was just okay. And one of the cards that people had different opinions on is uh, Griffin Dreamfinder. So it's the 1-4 for 5. When it comes into play, return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. And for me, I had... The reason I had one copy of that in my original build is because I had a bunch of Bestow guys. I had um, one ordeal. I had um, just, I guess, the main thing was a lot of Bestow guys. But while playing it, uh, this might, a lot of people thinking it fits my deck, a lot of people liking it, I, I actually started to hate it. It just was not consistent enough. Sometimes it's a 1-4 that doesn't return anything, like probably 50% of the time. So I'm no longer high like, anywhere near high on that card. So, uh, what's your take on that card, uh, Kenji? I, I hate Dr Griffin Dreamfinder. I, unless I have a, a nice amount of high-value uh, bestow creatures, and that's my very top end, I, I avoid it at all costs. I just think it's not very good. I also had um, Raise uh, from the Wolves, or what's it called? Raise by Wolves. Oh, Raise by Wolves, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And so that's the reason why people were like, okay, I can see it, but like, it's not like ra raised by well, one. Well, getting in your graveyard? Like, you right. cast the card and you win. Right. So what do you think of that card overall, Josh? Like, is it just... Um, I, I think it's super neat. I, I wish it was a really good card, because it's the kind of card I love. Um, like, immediately you think of, uh, from Scar's Block, the 3-3 flyer that brings back an artifact, and how much worse this is. Um... But like it, it is the car, it, it is the kind of card that that I love. But it's just like and even even from the get go, like just having seen how Theros was playing out, you 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 kind of knew it wasn't going to be great. That said, uh, actually, I had a draft the other day uh, where I started off the draft Eidolon of Countless Battles, but raised by wolves. And yeah, the, I I I tried to move in on. The, the 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 Griffin Dreamfinder deck, where with like you're playing satyrs and uh, communes, and I think like it's as a like 
in a super niche situation like that. Like when you have Eidolon and and Raised by Wolves and like you can pick up other good one like other nice ones like uh, emissary the the emissaries and the uh, two two reach bestow like oh, if you have you have all kind of that stuff and you can make a graveyard deck out of it like the dream finders are gonna come thirteenth pick because it really isn't a good card <laughs> I mean that's kind of cool but it's just super niche it's not just as a value thing it's like you don't ever want to catch that and not bring back an enchantment that feels mm-hmm. good. yeah yeah okay um, so I, so you guys are with me, and I'm glad. And uh, the other thing was, so I had a green-white deck, and I think um, I've played decks, maybe it was Dragon's Maze where block where I felt like white and black, or even in general, it seems like white and black are the typical colors with, like, early drops with double color in their cost, making it really awkward. And for my green-white deck, um, what was really awkward for me to fit my mana base was I had Phalanx Leader, which is double white, I had a bunch of, I had favorite Hoplite, which was white. I had the white ordeal, so I needed a lot of good early white. Uh, I needed planes early, but I also had the 3-2 double green guy. Yeah, the Sword by Centaur. Who is really good in an aggressive deck. Well, not in that one. But, uh, yeah, so, like, how do I, I don't know what to do. Like, I do I evaluate it differently? Do I... Figure it's more of a three-drop in my deck. How do you look at it, Josh? I think it's exactly that. Phalanx Leader is good, not on only... Like, actually, Phalanx Leader is not your ideal turn two play. Right. right? You prefer to play that on turn four and five and maybe even activate it same turn, right? I agree, yeah. Like, that's... Having both those cards in the same deck is fine, but I ideally want to be curving my green early, like being heavier green and, and having Leader... Phalanx Leader is a late drop. You don't want the 3 2 for, for 2 being, you know, he his longevity as a as a solid drop ends very quickly. Like, turn if you're playing him on turn 3 most of the time, well, he becomes a super replaceable creature because there's lots of 3 power guys on turn 3 in green and that are easier on a mana base. So, so how would you build it if you had, like, let's say you had a bunch of. Favorite hoplites in your deck as well. I would not play the three two. Okay, you would just not play the three two. Why? I I don't know. I don't know if like you're just out of playables, but right. like you can definitely. That's an option. It's an option. You're white green. It's an option not to play him if he's not a two drop. Don't play him. Okay, so I think evaluate basically whether I want to be deep green and be able to cast a three two consistently versus like all the one drop two drop white guys that I have and, and take a look at that. Me, I was. I was trying to make it work, which is which is weird, and um, my deck definitely felt clunky if it didn't uh, have the right mana for it. I mean, I was lucky to have one Temple of Plenty in my deck, but... <laughs> um, so I actually realized that uh, people aren't asking as much questions as before because they're actually using the questions app that I've never used or opened, and there's a bunch of questions in there, and the most popular questions are... We'll answer them before Kenji has to leave in 15 minutes. The most popular one, and it's a pretty private question, Kenji, so you can choose not to answer. It's <laughs> pretty <laughs> private question. What? <laughs> it's supportable income. That's, a, that's the number one most popular question right now. Yeah. Uh, I've afforded to do it for since, like, August of last year. 
I'm not saying it's it's going to make you bank. It certainly doesn't, but um, it's it's sustainable. Um, what's funny is that uh, I remember running into Frankie and his son, and like Frankie's talking about how like his son's being led the wrong way, and et cetera. Um, he doesn't know what to do with his life, and then his his kid starts telling his dad like while I'm there, like how there's these famous StarCraft streamers making. This That's, much money. Yeah, okay, so the very big-time streamers, they're making nice bank. I'm not making nice bank. I, I am able to pay rent. I am able to eat some food every once in a while, you know. <laughs> Maybe travel occasionally, but it's... Magic's got to grow. Yeah. The, 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 Twitch, the Twitch community, uh, at least. It's not uh, like League of Legends. Exactly. It's, Magic is just not a big enough game for that uh, to be a thing yet. Stay in school, Frankie's kid. Exactly. <laughs> and you have to be a unique talent, man. You got to be char- charismatic, like Kenji over here. <laughs> to get, uh, it's not everyone that that can get that many streams. Like when I start streaming, I get 30 viewers max. So <laughs> that's uh, that's the difference. I gotta figure it out. I mean, I just started, so so we'll see. Did you I'm... stream at the same time as Kenji? Because that's, oh. that's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> So like I start before him. What's going on? Why is everyone leaving? Yeah. Catch me, <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, question from Alexander Hayne, one of my best friends in Magic. Pack one, pick one. I'll ask you, Josh, first. Phoenix or Ornithark? Uh, I think it's Ornithark. Phoenix is really good, as I learned from you, Mr. Hayne. Uh, but but I think it's Ornithark. Not close. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's close. Kenji. Yeah, I agree. I just slam Ornithark. I think white's the like the best color, anyways, and Ornithark is just so insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this is for Kenji from Alex again. Uh, if you were to lose five dollars in a coin flip, would you say <laughs> two less subscriber? Or would you quietly sulk away? <laughs> Alex knows I would quietly sulk away. <laughs> God. Uh. Yeah, just no. I just run it back double. Clearly. <laughs> okay. Um, Derek, <clears throat> what was your most memorable moment of GP Montreal? I guess this is for all of us. Um, wow, there's just a a bunch of them. There's too many for me. I mean, being able to hang out with Kenji once again and and eat poutine with him and. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. It was not memorable to, to go to the karaoke bar because last time after the Pro Tour, it was completely empty. It was completely dead. Was uh, it the same one that you went to? Yeah, yeah. Huh. But Martel won the Pro Tour. We all went together, and the place was just pure Magic players, and it was a blast. This time, we completely forgot that... Well, I forgot that it was St. Patrick's Day. So we had like some drunk, seemingly <laughs> high school kids singing really bad karaoke. And I guess that part's memorable for all the wrong reasons. Um, outside of that, like, again, it was awesome uh, to hang out with Kenji. We both finished uh, in in the cash, um, me following up with another top 16. And it's a tournament that I really didn't expect myself to do well just because I've been, um, since my comeback in 2014, I've been just playing Mono Black Devotion for the last two months. So that was, like, the biggest surprise just to be able to get there. And uh, my record, again, against pros is really bad. I'm, like, 
0-2 against Jerry Thompson, 0-1 against Brian Kibler, I'm like OX against everyone that I know. But to be able to beat Zach Hill, to be able to eat, beat Alex Magilton, to the, the only two players that I, I've heard of prior to playing them, uh, was a big relief for me. And at this point, it's like I don't, I no longer have that like I can't beat player X because he's famous uh, thing over me. I just like try to crush them as as best as I can. So mm-hmm. my Friday night was awesome. Again, meeting like it's just meeting people, like meeting. Like seeing Kenji again, meeting Brian Liu for the first time, uh, one of my content uh, producers, Flaming Sheep, that was awesome. So that was it for me. And uh, Josh, I think waking up on Sunday was your most memorable moment. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I actually uh, after after day two ended, uh, I, I hung around the site for a while, and, and I had a blast. I was playing some Werewolf, which I learned oh. on the site. Pretty fun game, jeez. And uh, I was hanging hang around the site. was was a lot of fun uh, meeting some of the uh, GP grinding regulars uh, that, that that had traveled in. Uh, that, that was uh, and seeing some of them again. Uh, that that uh, you know I, I don't I don't get to travel to GPs as often as I'd like, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really uh, really cool people on the in the grind, and, and it's nice to see them every once in a while. So. That was that was the most memorable uh, part for me. And our continuing rivalry, Josh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Until uh, next GP, I don't know when that is. But hey, we're probably a team in the next one, buddy. So yeah, that might that might be my next one, actually. <laughs> Matt, like Alex or whoever always loves to troll our team, asking us like who actually carried our team to fifth place. But uh, you know, I, I, had the most, I had the most Wednesday one. But I'll be honest, I, I picked like what I felt was the best deck out of the three. So you know, I obviously don't. Uh, I think Josh deserves the most credit just because like we jammed him in the middle, and he had to face like the most famous player on, on the other side <laughs> every time. <laughs> it was fun though, man. That was fun. It's like Osip. Trial by fire there. You had to face Osip. You had to face like Paul Ritzel. You had to face like whoever they put in the middle. I relaxed. Like, uh, I relaxed. <laughs> um, Kendry, what was your most memorable moment? You know, I was a zombie the complete time I was in Montreal. Just jet lag there, jet lag back. The, honestly, the most memorable moment was waking up at like 2 a.m. when you got home. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, waking up at 2 a.m. when you get home, I'm completely out of it. I'm like, holy shit, you were out all night, KYT. I think it's like 7 or 8 a.m. and that we have to go to the tournament now. And I'm just, I don't even know what I was rambling on about. But you're, you're like, dude, what are you talking about? It's, you know, I'm, it's like 2 now or something. I'm like, dude, it's light outside. I, I, it's, is it time to go? And you're like, no, dude, I'm, we're going, I'm going to bed now. I just want to talk to you about some limited real quick. And, I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Josh, it was so weird. He completely spaced out. Like, I got back at, like, 2 a.m., and he thought it was 7 a.m. Like, I didn't even see it yet. You don't understand how bad it was. I was just completely... These these tournaments, the, like, doing a GP is, like... <laughs> like it's like it's like jamming seven days' worth of stuff into two days. It's super draining on yeah. your mind and body. Okay. Uh... Besides Weird that, I guess. Happen when you. I, I'm not. Maybe I'm not seasoned enough, but. 
I, 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 it takes me days to recover, even even without the travel. No, oh, me man. too. Jeez. Yeah, Kenji? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, me too. It takes, like... And I'm jamming, like, ten drafts a day online, but the travel just gets you in conjunction, <laughs> you know, with the with the actual play. Um, another memorable, memorable moment was... Magma jetting on my upkeep, forgetting to draw a card uh, in in the uh, coverage area. That was pretty good. <laughs> and then hitting the the play mat in the coverage area and revealing Griptide in my hand because I knocked over my hand. That was uh was quite nice. <laughs> um, there's one question. This is probably best for me to answer, maybe. Um, by Richard. This is kind of a silly question, but is it reasonable to begin making a standard collection by drafting a lot, or are you better off just buying singles? Now, for me, my experience playing Paper Magic, it was easy if you're the best drafter that you know by a margin, and <coughs> one of them. So what would happen when I drafted a few years ago at my local store check swing, we would draft, and I would either finish most of the time first or second, get some of the best, get one of the best chase rares every week, and was able to easily build my collection from there. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I would be able to do that now because the average Magic player at my local game store is, uh, is a lot better, as uh, Kenji put some nice shades on. So I, I, I don't think I'd be able to do that anymore. Um, and so I would, I would buy singles and. Unless you get to, I mean, drafting is expensive. And and look at Kenji; he just drafts and and then he sells. Like he shows his online collection sometimes on stream, and he's just like selling all his shit. <laughs> um, but I think like unless you're winning at a ridiculous clip, um, well, I ridiculous. you might unless you're drafting and keeping the rares, right? Yeah, like, you're not redrafting the rares. You're, oh, you I'm have a reasonable price on a, on a draft, like. I'm drafting the is what I mean, yeah. Right, Josh? What? That's what I meant, right? I'm I'm redrafting the the, the the rares that we all open. So I usually get Yeah, yeah. Like if you're doing that then you've gotta be finishing first every once in a while. Yeah. To build your collection, yeah. Yeah. Like keep getting that mutable, keep getting that brimaz or whatever. Then obviously you can build your collection easily, but I would just buy singles, and uh, the thing I would do now, if you were on a tight budget, is just to really pick uh, one deck and stick to it. I mean, I was able to... Uh, Mono Black certainly has expensive, but, like, every deck plays mutable at this point, but I, I'm able to play Mono Black for the past three months and, and not have to change, because it's a deck that I knew, uh, even though it might fall out of favor, it wasn't going to, like, just die. It was still going to be a legit contender, so... Um, you can also not play constructed. That's not <laughs> like you two guys. <laughs> I play sometimes. <laughs> Man, Kenny Kenny Fung asks, "How many fingers does Elton John have?" <laughs> Questions. Um, Kenji, if you had to choose a host and a first guest for a podcast called True Ballers, who would you pick? Wait, wait. Repeat that question. <laughs> From Alex Hain, if you had to choose a host and a first guest, I assume in the Magic Universe, for a podcast called True Ballers, who would you pick? Oh, God. 
True ballers. KYT, you'd be my first guest. <laughs> but not the host. Not the host. Not the host. You'd be my first guest. Let's see, who would be the host of True Ballers? <laughs> this is a good question. You know what? I would probably go with Frankie if we're going with uh, Canadians here. Oh, oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, Frankie's a true baller. That is a good choice. Um, I know I, Alex and I joked about him him doing the show with uh, Jonathan Medina, so <laughs> that would have that would be a great show. Um, sorry, that question by Richard about the the whole drafting into a standard collection. That question was geared towards MTGO. Forgot to mention that. Um, oh, don't ever crack a pack on MTGO. Yeah. But um, oh, wait, we weren't talking about cracking packs. But standard standard is cheaper online, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Just buy singles online. If you if your plan is to play constructed and you don't really like only play limited if you want to play limited. Don't play limited to build standard. Just build standard. Yeah. I just built the uh, the standard de dredge decks. I think you were playing, Josh, right? Yeah, 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 I have that built. Yeah, I've been playing it online. Yeah, how do you like it? I, I find it just, like, super clunky and not unfair enough. Uh, it, it has unfair starts. It can, right? But uh... Well, it's just, like, the, the, the unfair starts aren't, like, the nut draw is just not nutty enough. Like, it's still turn five I make a thing that's big and sometimes hard to beat, depending on the matchup. Really, I I feel like some or a lot of the time even that I'm I, I'm attacking for turn or for like seven on turn four with something that's bestowed. Like by you gotta go like Mystic into like I don't know, man. Like like it's it's tough. Like you've, you because you have to you have to get your acceleration. You have to hit on your graveyard mills mm -hmm. and have the right creature to put something on. Like just making a Night Howler on a Seder isn't good enough against a lot of decks. Like, it needs to be a Lolith Troll, or it needs to be the... Sure, for the tramples. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, so much has to... The stars all have to align for those really unbeatable stars. Otherwise, you're just grinding with things that are not... I don't know. That aren't very grindy. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, it's not interact... Like, the, the demons kind of need addition. Uh, I cut the demons. I, I put them to the sideboard. Oh, yeah, I have a, I have two main. I found Whip to be really good. Oh, I love Whip. I think I'm gonna add another one. Yeah, I have two in the sideboard. I bring them in. That's that's the that's the most unfair things I've done. Like I've had games with Whip where I feel like nothing can beat me. But exactly. It might. It maybe that should be just main. But yeah. Yeah, I I played the test set the deck. I didn't think it was uh, consistent enough for me. Um. So so we've reached 9 p.m. Like to thank everyone who. Gave us questions. Thank you. Thank you. Don't know why I said that with a slight Asian accent, but thank you, GMAC. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Rich. Thank you, Kenny. Penny. Thank you, William. Thank you, Michael. It's like a romper room. You know romper room? <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? With no. The mirror? Okay, never mind. Google <laughs> it. Whoosh. KYT, why are you the greatest of all time? I, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that's why he's my first guest on uh, True Ballers. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, until next time, uh, we're, I think we're looking to do this like more of a monthly thing, but uh, thanks for all the support, and see you guys next time. Later.